This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads at our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good afternoon everyone. The Kingdom of God, Israel, the First Kingdom. That's the talk we're going to talk about today. We were hoping to have a PowerPoint uh, presentation, but it hasn't happened, so we're sorry about that. Um, just shows technology fails, man fails. This word never fails. So a lot of what we were going to have a look at, all of it would have been on the uh, PowerPoint. So it doesn't matter though, we can look at what the scriptures have to say. But if I sound slightly disjointed, it's because it was going to be a, a PowerPoint display. But hopefully we won't be like that. Now, what I want to do is talk about this, because there's different people who will be listening to this talk with different backgrounds and different knowledge of the Bible. Now, I used to read the Bible when I was younger, and I didn't go to any church to start with, um, maybe a couple of local ones here and there. Um, and I used to think it, you'd go to heaven at death. And God's kingdom would be in heaven. So, when we read the kingdom of God, Israel, the first kingdom, well, what's Israel got to do with it? And the kingdom of God. So, we need to answer some very fundamental questions just to start with, don't we? The Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven many times. Um, and it's interesting to note when we read those words, verse 5 said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Do you know it's that one verse that confused me in the Bible when I was looking at it? Because I thought, if we go to heaven at death, why does it say the meek shall inherit the earth? And there's a real problem there, isn't there? Do we inherit the earth or do we go to heaven? So we're going to have, we've got to have a look at that question. Jesus in Matthew 19 says these words at verse 23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And in the next verse, he immediately goes on to say, And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The very next verse. So in actual fact, when you come to the Bible, the kingdom of heaven is... The kingdom of God. They're synonymous. They're the same thing. The Lord's Prayer says. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the Bible is talking about God's kingdom coming to earth. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, in a sense, heaven in the future will be on earth. The Bible talks about verses like rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. And that's in verse 12 of chapter 5. Well, if our reward is in heaven, well, surely we go to heaven when we die. Well, the Bible says, for instance, in Revelation 22, it says, Jesus says, and behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me. And in the Old Testament, Isaiah 62, it says, Surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him. So in a symbolic sense, the reward is in heaven, but Jesus brings that reward when he comes back. There's another verse. It's quite interesting. If you look in the Bible, you won't find any absolute verses that say we go to heaven at death because there isn't any in fact if we look at John 3 verse 13 it says no man has ascended to heaven and all the rest of the Bible go along with that so you you might be asking the question now well, what's our hope of the future well our hope of the future is a resurrection from the dead and we read in 1 Corinthians 15 about this resurrection. And it says in verse 20 that Jesus is the first fruits of those who died. Now the first fruits is a simple phrase. If you had a harvest festival at school. The first fruits is when the first crop comes out the ground. You pick it up and take it to God and say thank you for everything you've done. And then the whole harvest comes later. And that's exactly what's going to happen when Jesus returns. It says, verse 23, But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ's at his coming. Jesus hasn't come back to the earth yet, but when he does, he's going to bring all of those who are dead or who sleep in Christ. So that's our hope for the future when Jesus returns. So, when we think about a kingdom, all kingdoms have a king or a queen. They also have a territory. We live in the United Kingdom, don't we? Um, all kingdoms have citizens and all kings have, all kingdoms have um, a law so what I'm going to do for a, about 20 minutes is briefly go through the idea of this kingdom of Israel being the first kingdom on the earth and you might still be asking why are we talking about Israel what's that got to do with God's kingdom well in Exodus 19 don't turn there it's only one verse Exodus 19 verse 6 says and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And that was speaking to the children of Israel. You see, 
God's purpose with the world is in um, Numbers 14, verse 21, which says, But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be full of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And what the children of Israel should have done is shown people how to live. And they'd have looked at Israel and said, wow, that's, that's the way I should live. And they followed their example. So they were going to be a kingdom of priests. Now, the kingdom of God actually started in BC 1050. It was Saul who was actually ordained of God to be a king. And because King, because king Saul didn't obey God's word remember a kingdom needs a law he didn't obey it God said I'm going to take this kingdom from you I'm going to give it to another man who's going to do it and that king was King David and the second king was King David and there was a promise made to him in 2 Samuel 7 verse 12 and 13 it says when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom he shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever so there was a promise made to David that a great great descendant of his would sit on his throne forever so that's a simple promise from God to David now I'd like you to turn with me with this one if, uh, if you may um, I found this astonishing when I started reading the Bible it's 1 Kings and chapter 29 we read at verse 23 these words 1 Chronicles chapter 29 near the front of the Bible about 6 or 7 books in then Solomon sat on the throne of Israel as king. And of course the Bible doesn't say that. It says, then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David his father and prospered and all Israel obeyed him. You see, this is why we're calling Israel the first kingdom of God because Solomon didn't sit on the throne of Israel, or he did, but the Bible says he sat on the throne of the Lord. So what was happening was he was reigning on God's authority, and that's why we call it the kingdom of God on earth at that time. Now what happened in the, in the past is something of what will happen in the future. And if you read about verse 21, for instance, Verse, 10, uh, verse 20, 21. Let's have a look at verse 21. It says, And they sacrificed sacrifices unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord on the morrow after the day, even a thousand bullocks, a thousand rams, and a thousand lambs, with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel, and did eat and drink before the Lord on that day with great gladness and they made Solomon the son of David king the second time the point we want to bring to you is there was great gladness then when Solomon was following God correctly at that time 
he was glad he was following God the people were glad and the kingdom of God is going to be just the same as this but a thousand times better a million times better because the people in that kingdom to come will be perfect but they were happy even at that time so First Chronicles 28 gives us the same message um, Let's see if I can find the verse now. Uh, um, I've forgotten to put the verse on. I'll read it to you and see if you can find it. It says, And of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons, he has chosen my son Solomon, to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Which verse is that? Verse 5. Brilliant. So, um, isn't that an in interesting verse? It's that good. We're going to read it again. It says, And of all my sons, for the Lord hath given me many sons, he has chosen Solomon, my son, to sit upon the throne of of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. You can read the whole Bible. You'll never read words like that of any other nation. This was special. Those who sat on this throne of Israel were on the throne of the Lord. We haven't had to guess anything or, you know, or anything like that. The Bible clearly says those words. So, the first king of Israel was Saul, the second David, then Solomon. And then they had a divided kingdom between Judah and Israel. There was ten tribes in the north, two in the south. And they were divided. And they went along, uh, Israel finished earlier, and then finally the final king of Israel was Zedekiah. So let's pick, up, pick him up in Ezekiel chapter 21 which is just past the middle of the Bible we read about this king um, Ezekiel chapter 21 reading at verse 25 it's this king who's done evilly in God's sight and basically what God has said is I've had enough of these kings you're reigning on my behalf but you're supposed to show how you should live and you're not so I'm going to stop this and we read and thou profane wicked prince of Israel whose day is come when iniquity shall have an end this is this king Zedekiah thus saith the Lord God remove the diabetes Sorry, remove the diadem and take off the crown. This shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more until he who comes whose right it is, and I will give it him. So we've had Saul, the first king of Israel. We've had 
Zedekiah, the last king of Judah over Israel, and God says, that's it. This kingdom is suspended from this time until a future time when somebody else who I appoint, who I promised to David, will sit on this throne. And if we look in Luke chapter 1, we find out without a shadow of doubt who this person is. That makes sense, doesn't it? God says, I want you to show you the people of the world how to live. And if you're not going to do that right, well, I'm going to stop you doing that. So for all those years, there's never been a king of Israel. There were a few kings of the Asmonians, but not of Israel of the day uh, of the line of David. So we pick up in Luke chapter 1 this promise of uh, an angel to Mary. And we read in verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give him the throne of his father David. Now that was the promise we read in 2 Samuel 7 and here's the fulfilment of it. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So it's going to be an everlasting kingdom and those verses at the end where it says and there shall be no end doesn't mean in time. It means it will be throughout the whole earth. Right, what fits in nicely with this is Acts chapter 1. Isn't it interesting, just before Jesus went to heaven, he was resurrected from the dead and he went about 40 days speaking to his disciples. What do you think he spoke about most before he went to heaven? Wouldn't you think that would be the most important thing for us? Let's have a look, see what he did. We read in... Verse 6. When they therefore were come together, that's the disciples and Jesus, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Isn't that interesting? He says, restore again. So what they're saying is the kingdom of God already existed in the past, but it's been suspended And they're saying we want it to be restored like this woodwork. If it's restored, it's not, you don't get rid of it and put a new piece here. You come along and make it as it was before. You're restoring it. And that's what they're talking about. They want the kingdom that was here to be restored. And Jesus went on to say, it's not for you to know what time, uh, the times that God has put in his hand. So they were speaking um, in verse 3. To whom also he showed himself, this is Jesus, alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days. And what was he speaking about? Speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. 
So Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God and the disciples knew exactly what they were referring he was referring to because they then say will you restore again the kingdom to Israel that is the kingdom of God okay so in the last 10 minutes then we'll think about what's in the future we, we won't turn there, I'll just read you a verse from Ezekiel 37, verse 22. It says, speaking of the future, it says, Remember there was a, a divided kingdom between Jeroboam and Rehoboam, and it says in the future, And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all. And they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all so you notice it says one king shall be king to them all and that's the Lord Jesus Christ but that's next week's subject so we won't say much more about that one verse I would like you to look at is in Jeremiah 3 verse 17 I think this is a great verse this um, Remember we've been talking about the throne of the Lord, haven't we, all the time? Um, the throne of the Lord is the same as the throne of Israel. And look what it says in Jeremiah 3, at verse, we'll pick it up at verse 16. And it shall come to pass, when ye be multiplied and increased in the land in those days, saith the Lord, that they shall say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord, neither shall it come to mind neither shall they remember it neither shall they visit it neither shall that be done any more and at that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of not Israel the throne of the Lord and all the nations shall be gathered into it to the name of the Lord to Jerusalem neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their evil heart you see Israel when they first came not many people joined them but in the future Israel will be the throne of the Lord or Jerusalem will and all nations are going to come and learn about God there and they're all going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a fantastic thought for us. So we've said quite clearly that the throne of the Lord is the same as the throne of Israel. Remember we've said, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. So finally, very briefly, we're just going to have a look at Daniel and chapter 2. Now, hopefully we've seen from the Bible that no man has ascended to heaven, that the meek will inherit the earth. We've seen that the throne of the Lord is the throne of Israel. And that was where David actually reigned from in Jerusalem. So we can see when Jesus returns, it says in Acts 1, that he will come back to the Mount of Olives. It says that in Zechariah 14 as well, 
verse 4, that his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. So the Bible talks about Jesus coming back to the earth in so many places. And this is the reward of the righteous on the earth. And if we look at Daniel chapter 2, uh, just past the middle of the Bible again, um, it's one of the major prophets. There's this dream that this king called Nebuchadnezzar has. And we, this is for another subject all on its own, but we're just going to pick up some certain verses. Basically, the Bible is telling us well, this dream he has recorded in the Bible is telling us about all the world empires that would come and what would happen in the final days. So clearly this is going to be speaking about what happens on earth and that's why we're going there, just to, just to show this point. So I'm just going to pick up one or two verses to tell us this. Um, verse 1. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherein his spirit was troubled, and his sleep brake from him. Verse 3. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. And you can scan down with your eyes what happened there. Basically, they tried to get all the astrologers, soothsayers, and everything to try and tell the dream to the to the king but he'd forgotten what he'd dreamt and they didn't know and we read in verse 19 then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision then Daniel blessed the God of heaven and basically he sees this dream we'll just have a look at verse 31 he says he sees this dream of this um big statue with a head of gold and then arms of silver uh, thighs of brass and um, he has uh, um, bronze and iron legs and then feet of iron and miry clay and he sees this great image Right, okay. Um, right, in verse 38, we're told how to interpret this vision. And whoever the children of men dwell, wherever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the fields and the fowls of heaven, hath he given unto thy hand and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. So we don't have to guess what the prophecy is all about. God is saying, here's this image, and you are the head of gold. And if we go down the different nations that would overtake Babylon, etc., and we go down, we read about the head of gold being Babylon, from BC 605 to 539. Then we read about the breast of silver from 539 to 331, which is the Persian Empire. We know this from history books. Greece was from 331 BC to 168, the thighs of brass. And then the legs of iron, everyone knows about Rome, from 
BC to AD 476. And then since then, the feet of iron and clay, we've had divided nations. So it tells us about the history of man, the history of man's kingdoms. But what we want to bring your attention to is what happens at the end of them. And if we look from verse 42, we read, And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now here's an important verse in the Bible especially concerned with our subject it says and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever notice that the Bible doesn't say these kingdoms are destroyed and Jesus takes his believers to heaven. It doesn't mention anything about heaven whatsoever. It talks about these kingdoms being subdued, and we can read that in Psalm 2 as well, and then God's kingdom standing forever on this earth. Final quotation for the day. Sorry, I said that was the last one. There's one more, actually. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. A lot of people remember this. This is in Handel's Messiah. And this is what we're looking forward to. We'll just remember, we'll just remind ourselves what we've said. The Bible doesn't mention about a hope of going to heaven. In fact, it says quite clearly and categorically in John 3, verse 13, no man has ascended to heaven. The meek shall inherit the earth. Matthew 5, verse 5, that's what it says. Over 300 times in the New Testament, it talks about Jesus coming back to the earth. God sets a king in the land of Israel. Many years ago, his name was Saul. And it says he sat on the throne of the Lord. Then there was David, Solomon. Then there was a split kingdoms. We came down to Zedekiah. And in Ezekiel 21 we read that the, the crown would be taken off Zedekiah because he's been wicked. And there wouldn't be any more kingdom until it was restored when the Lord Jesus Christ came. And of course, when Jesus came, they tried to make him king, but he, he didn't accept it then. He's coming back to be king and rule over this earth. And that's our hope for the future. And we read about his government here. And I almost want to sing this to you, but I won't. Isaiah 9, verse 6. This is what Jesus is going to do when he comes back. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, 
the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David. And what was the throne of David? The throne of David was the throne of the Lord. It's the restored kingdom of God on earth. So, just read that verse 7 again. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. In order to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So this kingdom is ready to be restored at any minute. If you come here every week, you'll find out the things you've got to do to prepare for that kingdom. And next week, God willing, you're going to hear about the coming king. So that's all good things that we're expecting in this world that we're not sure of at all. But this word, we can be 100% sure of. So God willing... We all can have a place in that kingdom to come on this earth. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirtchristadelphians.org.uk. Mm-hmm.